0: Did you notice what Jesus called her? He called her daughter. Daughter. His words told her that she belonged. Yeah? She was loved. She was no longer alone. You know, instead, she was welcomed and accepted like family. She was clean. Yeah, somehow accepted by this man, God himself in flesh, without even having to perform the necessary cleansing rituals and sacrifices that the law required. And we know it wasn't too long after that, that Jesus himself became that sacrifice, yeah, being killed on the cross, his blood shed on our behalf, so that we could be welcomed into God's family. Experiencing the love and the belonging, the healing that relationship with him brings. That life of peace and freedom. Living life the way it was always intended to be. In beautiful, intimate relationship with the one who designed life itself. Remember that image of the broken teacup from before? I like to think of that woman... In our little teacup story, I like to think of her getting down on her hands and knees and while she's cleaning up the mess, she's kind of collecting all these broken pieces so that she can keep them and glue them back together one day. Um, you know, of course it won't look the same and it probably won't ever function as a, as a cup anymore. Uh, but it's the memories that she treasures, yeah. It's the, the memories of sitting with her daughter and enjoying those special moments together, using that teacup together. So, you know, she'll pull out her glue and she'll do her best to try and patch it together. You know, when we bring the broken pieces of ourselves to Jesus, he puts us back together. And he doesn't do a tacky job with craft glue. You know, yes, the cracks might still be visible, but they're a part of who we are. But he uses all of our broken pieces to make something new and even more beautiful you can pop that slide up for us guys. Has anyone heard of the ancient Japanese art form called ginsugi? So it's a way of mending broken pots by gluing them together with gold infused lacquer and they become uniquely beautiful creations. So the cracks and flaws aren't hidden but they're celebrated as they're turned into something stunningly beautiful and once again whole. We often try to glue all of our broken pieces together like the mum with the teacup, don't we? We do our best, but it doesn't quite work. But when we bring our messiness and our brokenness to Jesus, I like to think of it a bit more like this, like Jesus gluing us together with gold-infused lacquer. Yeah, he uses all those broken pieces to make something uniquely beautiful. But he can only make us whole... If we bring all of ourselves to Him. I remember a season where I was processing through some pretty deep stuff, and um, this person who I was journeying with would say the same thing to me repeatedly. It was Rachel? The answer is always intimacy with Jesus. The answer is always intimacy with Jesus. Uh, and. You know, I have in fact discovered that in all those areas of messiness and brokenness, you know, in all the deepest places of hurt and sin and shame in my life, the answer has always been intimacy with Jesus. You know, coming to him with all the broken pieces of me, reaching out to touch him, the answer's always intimacy with Jesus. Uh, And and in all, all the deepest places of, hurt or sin or shame in your life, the answer will always be intimacy with Jesus. You know, he alone is the one who heals our wounds and our brokenness. He alone is the one who sets us free from the devastating reality of life apart from God. You know, it's in him alone that we're made right with God and that we can enter into that life of peace and freedom that is life in God's kingdom You know, living life the way it was always intended to be in beautiful intimate relationship with the one who designed life itself I don't know where you see yourself in this morning's story, uh, maybe you feel like the woman uh, who just felt all alone in her desperate brokenness maybe you need to hear that word, daughter Son, my beloved child. You need Jesus to heal those deep wounds of loneliness and rejection. You need to know that you're loved, that there's somewhere you belong. You want to experience life the way it was always intended to be, in relationship with the creator of life. Could you reach out to touch Jesus this morning? answer will always be intimacy with Jesus. Maybe you already know Jesus, um, but you're sitting here and you're all too aware of places of deep hurt or sin or shame in your life. You know, stuff that no one else sees because we're really good at hiding this stuff, but we all know it's there. You know, places that you desperately need. Jesus healing touch what might it look like for you today you know what what would it mean for you to reach out to Jesus today because the answer is always going to be Jesus intimacy with Jesus or maybe you're sitting here uh, and you're deeply deeply grateful because you know Jesus intimately and you've experienced his healing touch in so many ways you know you, that life of peace and freedom that is life with him maybe is there someone that's walking through the crowd near you who desperately needs the healing touch of Jesus could you point them to Jesus could you help them to reach out to touch him Because he's the only one who can set us free, heal our wounds. Because the answer is always Jesus. It's always intimacy with Jesus. What might that look like for you today? Let's pray. Our Lord God. We just are so, so, so incredibly grateful for the gift of Jesus. Thank you that in Him we can be made right with you. Thank you for the heart of love and compassion uh, that when you look at us, you just want to love us and you just want us to come to you. And Lord, I just pray for everyone here this morning. Uh, that as they're sitting here perhaps feeling the nudge of the Holy Spirit maybe healing your, hearing your voice pray that you would help us to be open help us to listen help us to say yes to choose that invitation that opportunity of of surrender to you Jesus we just thank you that that you love us and you have this deep heart of compassion to heal and transform us. Amen. Try to count. I think her sixth medication in the last five or so years uh, and that's a lot for a teenage girl <laughs> uh, but the thing is it, she has definitely improved but she's definitely not pain-free yet. Um, But every time we go to see this doctor, he plants these seeds of hope that have just repeatedly been diminished. Now, my daughter's one of the most beautiful, courageous, positive young women you'll ever meet. Uh, And, you know, she tries not to let that constant, you know, repeated loss of hope discourage her too much. Uh, But I see it. Every time we come out of an appointment, I see a little bit less hope in her... You know, the mental and emotional toll of chronic illness is so real, as I'm sure so many of you will understand. I can't imagine the toll that this, this illness would have taken on this woman for 12 years. But, you know, if you think about it, if this woman walked in here today, right, unless we knew her story, we probably wouldn't really even recognise that she was suffering, would we? kind of illness that you can hide pretty easily uh, and and I think to be honest we're pretty good at hiding our kind of mental and emotional struggles as well aren't we uh, but the thing is this wasn't the case for this woman who desperately reached out to touch Jesus that day and while we can we can empathize with her physical and emotional mental even financial suffering we um, we won't truly understand the significance of this story until we look a bit more at the context. So, see for this woman to live with this condition, in this place, in this time, in this culture, uh, was for her to suffer greatly. Uh, Probably more than we could ever imagine. Uh, She was a social outcast, you know, a pariah in society. Hygiene and sanitation would not have been what it is today. She was probably dirty. She was probably smelly. She was probably not very pleasant to be around. There was no welfare system to care for her when no one else did. Uh, And even for people who did care, that that exhaustion of of dealing with someone who, who carries this constant weight of emotional and mental struggle, it may well have put them off. You know, this woman was probably a very lonely, very isolated woman. And as if all of that wasn't enough, she also carried the weight of a suffering even more significant. See, within the, the Jewish culture, there was a whole lot of rules and regulations around who could and couldn't come and be a part of life at the temple. You know, the place where God himself was present and his people worshipped him. For a woman who was bleeding, the law said she was unclean. She was unable to come and connect with God in all the ways that people did in her culture. So not only was this woman pushed to the outer of society because she might have been a bit unpleasant or uncomfortable to be around, but she was denied the opportunity to connect with God the loving creator and sustainer of life. And you know, the law also said that any other person who touched a bleeding woman was also made unclean, right? So as well as the the kind of physical, practical, emotional, mental, financial elements of her suffering, this woman would have lived in constant isolation, separation from God and from other people she would have been constantly shunned and feared because even an accidental touch could render another person unclean in the law and and, you know before God imagine not feeling the touch of another human being for 12 years she was truly experiencing the darkest depths of the messiness and brokenness of life. And it was into this space that Jesus stepped that day. This woman was desperately reaching out to be healed. Uh, she'd heard that Jesus could do it and she believed it. She risked everything for the opportunity to be made whole. And, you know, she thought that would come with physical healing. Uh, and, and while her physical healing was absolutely an example of the goodness and the wholeness that Jesus brings, he knew that there was something much deeper that she needed. She needed restored relationship with God and with his people, didn't she? And this, this is why Jesus stopped everything that day and asked, Who touched me? He wasn't angry, she wasn't getting in trouble. He already knew who had touched him, of course. Uh, But he gave this woman the opportunity to choose the vulnerability of surrender in that moment. Surrender to the one who, who saw her so much more deeply, saw her need so much more deeply than even she saw herself. And in the midst of her fear and trembling... She believed. She saw in Jesus a God who wasn't repelled by what was wrong with her. A God who didn't turn away from all the messiness and brokenness. A God whose heart of deep compassion and love caused him to stop, turn around to face her and invite her to come to himself so that he could heal and transform her. In faith, she chose surrender. I want to show you a, a clip from a series called The Chosen. Some of you might be familiar with it. It's, it's a series that brings to life the creator's interpretation of, of the ministry of Jesus that we see in the Gospels. Uh, and there's just something incredibly beautiful uh, in the way this particular story has been portrayed. So let's take a look of that.